Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Howdy and welcome to Just Dads Reading Books. I'm here with my friend EJ. And I'm here with my friend Matt. And boy, did we read the books. We read this a book week. and then we read it and then it was, and then I cried. Uh, and yeah. then, hey, this week <laughs> is a sad book. It's time for sad books. Everybody get hyped because Just Dads Reading Books are talking about sad stuff this week. Look out, Just, everyone. This week's book Just. is Kita Kita by Cynthia mm-hmm. Katohata, and it is a Newberry winner from 2005. And uh, yeah, EJ, what'd you th- what did you think of this rousing journey? This podcast is now called Just Sad's Reading Books. <laughs> we are sad. Uh, I really loved this book. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's one of those books that maybe I will hold near and dear to my heart necessarily but the journey that it took me on i thought was very fun and good um and then very and then very sad and (laughs) yeah in terms of providing what feels like a very authentic story uh, a very earnestly told story like it gets all points i understand why this won awards right it feels Um, true i I have questions though i have questions about this book and it makes me have questions about the newberry award and i think that's going to be a big focus of today's conversation but let's talk about what kita kita is about kita Mm -hmm. kita is about a young girl named katie who is japanese american she lives with her older sister and parents and at the beginning of the book she finds out that her family is going to move from iowa to georgia and this is in like the 60s 1950s thank you uh so they are going to move to georgia in a time Mm -hmm. where relations with asian americans not always the best especially in the south going to be difficult but they're going to live uh with their uncle and uh Mm -hmm. her dad's brother and their parents are going to work in the local chicken plant something ej and i know all about we live in an area with many many chicken plants we know if you've been (laughs) near a chicken plant it smells horrible (laughs) near the chicken plant i mean it is bad so uh they move and it's really just like a glimpse in their life during this period uh Mm -hmm. her older sister eventually develops a disease that is revealed later to be lymphoma yeah. And it's a very difficult thing to for Katie to watch her sister go through. They eventually, yeah. she has a younger brother. It's really just a glimpse of their life. I mean, it, it is a meandering book, just sort of exploring yeah. this sort of coming of age moment for Katie. Yeah, I, what I really like about the book is um, it kind of starts in this really uncertain place, right? Mm-hmm. Iowa, very uncertain. I don't know if you've ever been to Iowa. <laughs> I feel uncertain. You can Iowa. look in any direction and be like, I could go that way. There's no I, obstacles. <laughs> and that's actually really scary. It's really scary to think about because yeah. it's so flat. It is so flat in Iowa, folks. Anyways, um, yeah, they start off in Iowa. I really love this journey of bonding between these two sisters yeah. uh, and how like that bonding grows into this 
growing apart that we do with our siblings. Yeah. It really captures that well. You and me both have siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, I have one sister. You have one brother. That's right. You know, we both... It's great that this book is from the perspective of the younger sibling from mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Because we definitely feel these things on a deeper it, yeah. level of of our older siblings finding other people. Getting too uh, cool for us. And then essentially, yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean, my sister and I, I think are closer than maybe your brother and yeah. you are. Um, and so that didn't really happen on this kind of scale, but you can definitely feel how how they're just like, oh, I found my own friends. Yeah. And now like I hang out with them and I have a boyfriend now and I hang out with him. And it's like, okay, well, what do I do? You yeah. Know, do Where I am hang I out with your boy- <laughs> Do I hang out with your new friend and your boyfriend? And it's like, no, you don't. You don't do that. I do that now. And it's like, oh, okay. So I, what do I do? And then you find your own friend. And yep. all of a sudden you're like, well, what? Now me and my friend hang out with you and your boyfriend, right? And they're like, no, <laughs> still no. You're still not allowed to hang out with well, us. And but at add least to you have all of that, which I do identify, but add to that the backdrop of being an Asian American in the 50s when finding a, a friend, when your sister doesn't want to be your friend, right. more difficult than usual. It's way, a, it was a trickier, way more difficult thing to to just like go yeah, be friends with somebody thread, when there's yeah. all these really ugly contexts going on. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, they're eventually it's it's over the course of many years this uh, mm-hmm. book because you you know yes. they have a younger brother that younger brother gets older over the course of all of this. Um, so you're getting yeah. I don't even know I mean it feels like almost a decade of this girl's life. It's probably not that much. It's probably like five years or something. But yeah, it's, it's a still, very boyhood time frame that we're yeah right right here. the movie boyhood that's true yeah. uh so anyways we say this book is sad um there's obviously like big sad moments we won't talk about but like half the book is dealing with a very sick older sister but also it's the sadness of katie seeing her parents work themselves to the bone uh they yeah. i mean her dad literally lives at the chicken plant and doesn't come home basically ever and and it works all the time just to make money to try and buy a house and keep up with the medical bills. And I mean, hey, we all live in a pretty crazy time. I feel like we understand that economic downturn uh, in a pretty yeah. significant way. It feels extraordinarily relevant, relevant, probably more relevant than it felt in 2005 when this book was written. Right. Like we're in post 2008 mm-hmm. economic Uh-oh. downturn kind of stuff. Oh, so I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, I mean, it's. The book is, I call it sad. I think EJ, you sort of lean somber, maybe, is a better tone. I mean, obviously, there are sad events in the books, but in the book, um, especially towards the end, I mean, Lynn, just her health deteriorates Mm -hmm. to a point where Katie has to reckon with that at a young age. Uh, Really, really heavy stuff. And I really like that we get two points of view in this book. Um, you know, I love when secondary characters you can feel you can feel them as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Lynn feels like sort of the idyllic f- figure in this book, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the person that we're looking up to, the, the sort of pseudo Swede Lvov from 
Oh no! <laughs> why? Why are we going to bring up a right? The ve- uh, no, 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 not not in the way that <laughs> no, Sweet turns out to be like. A but total... he is this figurehead for right, which the story sort of bases itself begins, around. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the story begins with this like uh, that story begins with this sort of retrospective on like the person we yeah. idolized growing right. up, right? And Lynn is that for Katie. Yes. And then the secondary character that I love in this though is her father. Oh my and gosh! Yes. Is he not? just the perfect secondary person like you you feel everything through her father because katie is too young to feel these like or i wouldn't say that but katie is too young maybe to understand it a lot of points yeah and there are just times when it's just like the surrogate character for the emotion in this book is the father and you just and he's just so even-headed and so like yeah he's just so like focused who knows this book could be so expertly crafted that everyone I did, like you and I yeah. are dads and we're younger children's and we're like the younger kid and the dad are the focus. And it's like, you know, anyone else could be like, no, the mom is like the thing, isn't she? Yeah. Like, who yeah. Knows? I think you, you identify with some, every member of this family in a different True. way, but I definitely agree. Like that the dad is like a major arc in this book. And as you said, this book is in part about the fact that Katie doesn't know what's going on. And I don't just mean that in like, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about, oh, is this something kids even understand? Is this something kids, is this appropriate for people of this age or whatever? This book is about that, right? There, I mean, because there are multiple times where, like, the dad is specifically withholding information. Like, Katie doesn't find out her sister has lymphoma until yeah. pretty far into the diagnosis. Uh, the parents yeah. obviously know this, and the, fam- the whole family keeps it from Katie. So, in part, this book is about not being told the amount of information you you need to know to understand the topic. The other big one is at the chicken plant. This book is about a union dispute, which is like, that's wild. <laughs> hey, that's really weird for a kid's book to be like, it let's is. get about into the inner workings of union relations at this chicken plant in 1950. But it does right. that, but it does it from the context of Katie doesn't really know what any of this world is. And I remember growing right. up like this. My parents both worked for a big company that uh, is... I mean, my mom was HR for a company, so she was like the person who was like, ah, you don't need a union. And I grew up with that same mentality being like put towards me. And this book is also about Katie meeting other characters that are like, this is why we're doing this. And it doesn't give you an answer, which is is a a nice little thing because it's at the very least, I, I don't think it's taking the stance of like, I don't know, who knows? What's the good answer here? It does provide a closure to the whole situation. I mean, like the the end of the book is about how this union dispute ended up. It's it's the, that is like the actual mm-hmm. finale of the book. Yeah. But what it showcases, I think, is not like there's both sides to this issue, but more importantly, learning about the nuances of this issue are extraordinarily difficult for anyone not just a child her mom is going through a major shift in trying to figure out how she feels about all of this and it's it's not just that it's too complex for kids it's too complex (laughs) these types of issues issues around illness issues around like hard labor like this stuff is not just a, a thing that ever gets solved for any of us so on that end, this book is weird to me because there's so much stuff about union stuff. There's so much stuff about just like, and my sister's sick over there. I get the vibes from this book that I'm like, why would a kid want to read this? Like, why would a 12, like, would a 12 year old 
pick this book out? Like, how so, would you get a 12-year-old to really read quick, this book? Really quick, Matt. This Kira Kira describes itself as a young adult novel, mm-hmm. which I much, that, that fits that billing a lot more. For sure. But yeah. what we run into a problem is, is now we have the Newberry Medal problem. Yes. Which is... The Newbery Medal is supposed to be awarded to the most distinguished contributions to American literature for children. Mm-hmm. So what? What is that? <laughs> is the Newbery Medal? Because because that that is an important distinction. We're going down this list of of Newbery Award winners, right? We yeah. we're picking and choosing uh, on this list. And the Tale of Despero won in two thousand four, and I cannot think of a more children's book <laughs> right. than the Tale of Despero. And <laughs> then in two thousand five, what a shift! What happened? What, not just a shift. What what happened? Like, <laughs> did somebody on the committee die, and right. now we have a new committee? Like, what happened? It's not, and I don't. It's not a shaft at either of no, those books. That but it's is a just wild like, turn. It is a start difference between yep. the tale of despero a mm-hmm. mouse a mouse book about a jayula yeah. and a ghoul <laughs> that likes to say ghoul yeah you know and to kira kira which is this really heartfelt tale about just living yep. <laughs> just yep. this gritty tale about living yeah. and this and and what it means to live and what it means to struggle the <laughs> overwhelming <laughs> nature of life <laughs> And I'm like, what is happening? So yeah. the Newberry uh, Medal obviously has some criticisms against it. Um, and I think you have to wonder what the committee thinks whenever they pick up a book and say, oh, this is warranted for yeah. our medal. You know? Right. Yeah, because I, I, I think it's something we, we constantly grapple with ourselves here. Like on this show, again, we, we talk about like, it's something too difficult. And I was talking to, to my wife about this book. And she was like, I mean, that sound, what you're describing reminds me of The Giver or Old Yeller or Where the Red Fern Grows, right? There's there's right. all these, I mean, there's sad books. We're not, I, I'm not here trying to suggest that like kids aren't going to be into sad books. Of course we like read, but generally, I mean, how many of those examples were things you were forced to read and then you like resented? You know what I mean? There's an, there's an era of being a, a kid, a young adult where school is putting books in front of you and being like, this is big and bold and important. And if it doesn't have something to still hook you as a kid, I think it falls on deaf ears. Compare this to yeah. the La- last Quintista, where you and I thought another that book was Newberry dark. Award winner, another Newberry Award winner, <laughs> and a, a very a dark book. But guess what? Dark. That book was about a lot of specific things and was from a, a I don't know a viewpoint that I feel like kids would get more interested in it was yeah, science that, fiction it was it was a bit genre right and it, it, it felt like it had something to actually hook a young mm-hmm. reader i can't express to you how much kita kita just sort of lounges about in its narrative it, it yeah, doesn't it feel like it's going anywhere it just feels like a story in this girl's life and that's good and that's important and i'm not saying that makes it a bad book by any stretch but i do just wonder what we're recommending to kids right and if they're gonna take us seriously because how much of being a kid is getting told to check something out by an adult and being like yeah right i'm gonna check out the stuff my friends told me to check out right it's that social aspect of it so i mean it's not like any kids are checking out the newberry list for their new books they want to look at right that's not how this works i mean at the book fair am i picking up kira kira or for the third year straight picking up the guinness book of world records 
because I'm because they changed the cover. This right, year. right. You see, they but they changed, but this one has a different cover. That's really and, cool, and it's green. And that's this time. cool. Am I picking up, Matt? May I may I posit to you? Am I picking up Kira Kira one Kira Kira by Cynthia uh, Katohata, or am I picking up Captain Underpants? Yep. Hey, guess what? I own all the Captain Underpants. I know what I chose as a, as a youngin. Um, so yeah. I guess that's my point too. The stuff I think that impresses me the most in how it operates in the young adult sphere is the mm-hmm. sneaky stuff, right? The stuff that yeah. sneaks. I mean, even Timmy Failure. Timmy Failure is so stupid. It's such a ridiculous book. But it, <laughs> it pokes little hearts in there, right? It still teaches lessons yeah. even even subtly i mean even root magic got to me more than than this book i thought there was a specific narrative and there's magical hooks i'm not saying kids are only going to be into fantasy and sci-fi i even mean from like a a an arc plot perspective right this book at times is a bit more uh just like written as the events occur rather than like this led to this led to this led to this right i think simpler structures for narratives are maybe the thing that would most define young adult literature whereas like you brought you brought up american pastoral we're not we don't do those kinds of literary hooks in young adult fiction right david foster wallace isn't writing young adult fiction where they're like breaking the mold on how a narrative can even be perceived because that's not what we need we don't necessarily need that for kids yet kids are trying to even understand you know some of the just the harder concepts of of living i don't know i say all this and i hear myself saying this and i think i mean that's not to say it can't be done right but i i just to me something about kita kita felt like it fell flat of being something that I actually think would hook a young reader that isn't already like a bookworm, right? Your bookworm kids, they're going to read anything anyways, and they're going to love this. Book. Yeah, this is a young adult novel. This, I, I can't imagine recommending this book to my kid yeah. um, for a long before time. the age of fifteen. Like, right? right? It I feels mean, too complicated. I don't know. Obviously, the main character is very young, and yeah. it's kind of like a viewpoint into the lens into this young young lady's world. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, hat. It's a period piece too, right. out of like kind of off the top ropes with that, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, with it being a period piece, <laughs> right? Because it because it kind of feels timeless, right? Yeah, um, it doesn't feel like a period piece. No. There are some times w- in the book where you uh, get those little nuggets of like it being the 50s but i mean honestly the only time it felt to me like the 50s was when it was labor relations stuff was like wait yeah that's legal they're allowed to do that to people (laughs) right yeah that's the only time i was like oh yeah yeah the 50s that's right that's right yeah it's like the the pre like the pre-70s uh books about you know terrible things that go on in factories right right? exactly exactly you know this was written in 2005 but it was like well it was bad back before 1972 essentially like (laughs) You know, like there were no unions, so I don't know. Like, I, it very much feels timeless. Like this story could have been, I feel like, told in really any era. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it it would be really, really. I would love to hear what the com- committee's reasoning was for. Yeah, I almost year. wonder if we should do more of that when we get into these books that are these award winners. I want to hear their take on i don't know if there's like a you know some sort yeah, of a website a to, thing given maybe, maybe that of, of how they give their rationale for what winner if they just announce a winner and and they move on or whatever but you know it's I, i'm curious what makes stuff like this 
rise to the top for people. Um, you right. know, who knows what else, you know, I'm looking at the short list, the other honors for that year. And there's some weird stuff in that year. Al Capone does my shirts. Uh, I don't know. Definitely want to check that weird sounding book out. <laughs> that's, that's a Newberry honor from, from right. the same year. But I, I, to me, children's literature, w- what I feel like I'm learning in this process of me being a dumb dad that hasn't checked out this whole category of literature before I'm, right. I'm learning more about what we consider useful and impactful for kids to check out. And, and what my conflict with that is, where does that link up with the stuff that kids are actually excited to check out? What are they actually excited to read? And, and it's not like you can perfectly marry those two together all the time, right? But right. I, I do think but. the stuff most deserving of praise is the ones where it's like it's got a good hook they definitely want to read it and it surprises you in how it you know makes them think about all of its themes and topics well it's it's wild that you say that i mean because the newberry award does have some books on this list oh, yeah. that are like that for sure I mean, holes yeah holes exists on this same list yep holes is an incredible book right yeah i mean um, the giver, I said earlier, the giver is a Newberry winner, and it's the same sort of context, though. Is this? It's like, I mean, again, it goes back yeah, and forth, and, this, and the, yeah, the, the priorities right. shift pretty much constantly. So, mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just trying to grapple with what's the place for really sad, somber books, right? Because I, I don't think I have specifically good memories of being told <laughs> where the to read grows. Where the Red Fern Grows, <laughs> right? I mean, you get kind of forced to read that book, and either it hooks you onto reading because you're probably all like you're going to be a voracious reader anyways or it doesn't and i feel like that's what happened to me i feel like i got pushed away and i and when i read a book like root magic i'm like oh my gosh if i'd read something like this when i was younger i'd have been all in i would have been hooked but like i never i feel like i never got you know hooked on those kinds of books um and and that's like i guess my my regret is not investigating books more and so when I think about how I would like my kid to interact with books, it's like, how can I put things in front of her that will excite her and still, you know, instill all the lessons I'd love to have instilled on her or whatever? Yeah, I, I, I don't really know the answer to that. Yeah. You know, I. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and maybe we'll learn, you know, like maybe and maybe we kinda, won't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so well that's kind of the scary part about it, right? Is is um how I mean look, one thing is for certain, right? Our children are going to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like how they grow up and and how we envision um you know, what their journey is going to be just in their life, you know, regardless of what their reading journey is, you know, what their, their journey is going to be to get to the person that they're going to be become, you know, right. And just trying to provide sort of the stepping stones of things that we love and instilling those characteristics into our children by just being ourselves and showing them that it's okay to be themselves for sure. Because in the end, in the end, like they are going to be introduced to something like Kirikira right. eventually, right? right? They, yeah. it, in some form of media, they're going to experience something that's somber and sad. And whether they cling to Kirikira 
whether it's Kira Kira specifically or yeah. not, um, it is going to be something they'll have to grapple with eventually. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, you know, it's going to be entirely up to them. Right. Um, as you said before, did the, did where the red fern grows grab you, you know, right. and for you, maybe not, but maybe for somebody else it did. Right. And I'm starting to realize now that we read where the red fern grows because it was set in the Ozarks. And I'm pretty sure we might've been the only school districts reading it. <laughs> maybe other people <laughs> now, don't have now, this memory. Now, you and I both have. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, this really sad book about two bloodhounds, uh, it could have just been us. So, uh, yeah, everyone else is reading Laura Ingalls Wilder and we're That's out something here. to grapple with. That's something I'm grappling with now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like that point, though, of it's mostly about the exposure to everything, right? Which is why this right. show is a lie uh, where we're not judging our kid for anything they read. Actually, we just want them to be exposed to pretty much every single thing. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, I, I think about if I if I saw Molly come home from school with this book you know, I'm glad to have read it to have a sort of frame of thinking of yeah. what kind of things can come up at the dinner table now because of that book. You know, yeah. letting letting books inspire topics of conversation and letting books inspire ways of thinking and cultivating that uh, that conversation with them, right? To just see where it goes and see where their brain is getting shaped to. And, you know, if if input helps, then great. And if input is rejected by kids as it often is then you know at least you have some awareness of kind of what is going on in their brain i suppose i mean i don't know maybe there's not even that much value in me having any read on what's going on in my kid's brain i don't have a read on anybody else's brain so why should i get to be inside of hers (laughs) right yeah i yeah and yeah i think i'm less maybe not less but i'm 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 less concerned right about how they then take that lesson and portray it themselves, right? right? Their behavior like in is the more end, important. Right, yeah, yeah. Just kind of the way that they carry themselves in the end is really going to be the big thing. So right. I don't know. Kira, Kira, I, I, you know, it's so funny because we spent most of this just being like, what, the what is this book? Right, <laughs> yeah. but it's like really a good book. Like yeah. that's the other thing. Well, I hey, really liked this book. To, to the point. I mean, we had a lot more to think about. My favorite episodes of this show is where we barely mm-hmm. talk about the book at all. I mean, I think, Absolutely. if anything, the trick to listening to Just Dads reading books is the mm-hmm. more we talk about the book, actually, yep. the less we probably less we liked, liked it. it. <laughs> yeah, the less we liked it. That's true. That is absolutely true. Um, and so now you can go back and listen to old episodes and, yeah. be like, well, and figure out what we really liked. Yeah. Not like? When we just outline the entire plot and then end the episode, eh, it's probably not sticking with us too much. <laughs> Which is funny because we did that for series of unfortunate events. Yeah. I just want to call that one out. For sure. And because I think our revisiting of those books wasn't great. No, especially I mean, the it, first three, right? I mean, the first three yeah. is when it's just so simple. I do think those are going to grow on us, and that's what happens with that series in general. But, but yeah, then, I mean, I, then I think Then again, though, we did it. kind of do a plot synopsis of Howl's Moving Castle. Well, that was a little bit different because sure. we had the movie. Yeah, we were uh, doing anyways, that, those, those two, I mean, those two are starkly different. I thought... Sure. I thought Howl's Moving Castle was great, yeah. even though we kind of yeah. outlined the plot. But well, Kira Kira is a great book. It is a great book. Go go check it out. Just be you know prepared for for you know it, it's not, a not an action book. movie. <laughs> and a children's book. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that it yeah. is a young adult novel, and again, uh, kind of in the vein of uh, you know the Avatar books or some yeah. of the other stuff we've read. Um, it's just not and something that 
I would see my kid reading until she's 15. Probably. Yeah, and 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 less to specifically hook them on. I mean, it's it is the pushing up your glasses literary sort of take on yeah. this kind of thing. It feels more capital L literary. It feels academic, right? That's that's my vibe. I'm wondering too since maybe we just didn't have you know the young adult genre back in 2005 like we do now like we have kind of retroactively called yeah. things young adult novels you know yeah but, i think i think 2005 yes i think you go early in I the mean, 90s and cutoff. before it's a lot trickier there's there's at some point a cutoff of deciding that people 12 and older can read quite adult themes actually i i do wonder when exactly that happened although my my counter to that would be before we started reckoning with that we just didn't care at all we just didn't think about no, children true. <laughs> you've got old books true. where it's just like i don't care what you are you're a human being that's going to read my book okay <laughs> well the other thing is is like you know we're not reading newberry winners from like pre-1970 yeah. right. you know why it's been around because since i don't know <laughs> I don't know, maybe because people's opinions before 1970 might not have been very good. Yeah, maybe that uh, doesn't matter out. to me at all. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care. Like Ginger Pie, I don't know what that book is by Eleanor Estes in 1952, but I'm never reading that book. You best believe I'm not. I don't now care. I'm writing it down. I'm writing down Ginger Pie to oh, force no. us. Now I'm going to call you out and we're going to have to check it out at some point. Uh, we'll see. I'm sorry that I picked that one because uh -huh. now I wish I'd picked uh, the 21 Balloons by William Pinay Dubois. We'll write that down too. Who knows? Okay. Uh, I wish I would have picked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listener, I don't know what we have for you next week necessarily. So uh, I'll, I'll hope you just come back. And I think I know what we'll definitely do is something of higher spirits because I'm, I'm feeling a bit sad and I want to cheer myself up with a fun book. So uh, come yes. back next week for something goofy and fun and rip roaring good time uh anyways uh yeah i love you i love you ej and i love our listeners and i don't know bye now what do we say i i still don't know how to end episodes of this show specifically i want i need a good way to end it i tried the poetry thing and so we beat on boats against the current <laughs> born back ceaselessly into the past thank you that's beautiful <laughs>